Hello, and welcome to Some Thoughts with Sura. I'm your host, Sura Hertzberg. And what I have done for this episode is gone back and um, just, uh, not, actually not done anything to um, one that I recorded a few months ago, um, but just sort of left it as is. Um, but I wanted to share that with you now. Um, I'd recorded it, uh, as you will see very shortly. Um, it, I, I spoke about this in the last episode, but I've had, uh, three friends pass away in the last three months. Um, and actually another person, a friend of my father's had also died within this time frame. And I know there's been a lot of death, a lot of close people's deaths, um, to, to many, many people in the last month and the last months, obviously with COVID, there's been a ton of just death around. Um, and so I'd recorded this episode then and never quite, um, well, actually I remember what happened, which was like, this all had happened and I hadn't recorded a first episode yet. And I was like, this can't be the first episode. It's so like much, um, but then, you know, life, life happened and it sort of just kept rushing and rushing. Um, so I went back and listened to it and I thought I wanted to just go ahead and share it with y'all. So please enjoy. Lots of love. Hello and welcome to Some Thoughts with Sura. I'm your host, Sura Hertzberg. Um, today I want to talk about death. Um because it's something that's been, um, touching my life a little bit this week, um, more than it ever really has in the rest of my life. And I've considered myself pretty lucky that, um, I haven't had very major deaths in my life. Um, you know, both of my parents are still alive, knock on wood. Um, and, um, I, I was never very close with any of my grandparents. Uh, my dad's parents died before I was born and my mom's dad died before I was born. Although she had a stepfather that, um, you know, was, was her dad for a, a long, long time. So he was the only, um, you know, grandpa that I knew. Um, and, and when my grandma died and my grandpa died, um, it was sad, but I didn't really get it. And I didn't have like that close of a relationship with them. Um, but this last week, um, a friend of mine passed away. Um, and we weren't super close anymore. Um, we'd been close like years ago. Um, and then yesterday I found out that, um, a, a very close family friend of ours passed away and he was 90, um, and, you know, had lived a really good, long, full life. Um, but my friend was, you know, young or young, too young to die and, um, and, you know, it, it all got me thinking about mortality and life and 
lifespan and just this um, just this this thing around us um, this this inevitability of death and even though I wasn't close with my grandparents I, I really keenly remember when my grandpa died um, having this just like enormous he was the last grandparent to die and just having this like overwhelming like rush of fear that you know my parents were the oldest generation um, and it's been sitting with me for a long time this this like fear of death um, and I, I heard someone say once, and I actually, um, know that I'm misquoting this, so I'm going to go ahead and misquote this, um, <laughs> that, um, when a young person dies or when you, um, see that a young person's died, it's either an overdose or, um, a car accident. Um, and I think that the real quote was something like when, when a young person doesn't have the list of death, uh, like the cause of death listed, um, then you know it was either an overdose or a suicide. Um, I mean, and both of those are, uh, pretty powerful statements. Um, and... Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, I feel like there's this, uh, like need to take some sort of a stance, you know, about drugs and make a commentary when somebody overdoses and, um, the fact is like, you know, a lot of the times it's accidental, a lot of the times it's, um, like a lot of the times, especially these days, it's stuff that's laced with fentanyl. Um, and it's like a fucked up, scary, like accident. Um, but it's not like, Like, it, it just begs so many other questions than, like, people shouldn't be using drugs. Um, and I think that that tends to be the, um, like, the outcry sometimes, where it's like, um, you know, that someone overdoses and people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't have been using those drugs. Um, and it's like, yeah, well, we should give a shit about mental health in this country and care for people in a trauma-informed way and not just those who can afford it. So yeah, I, I had intended on, um, doing a recording last week when I had found out that this friend died, um, because it had really hit me like at a time when I was kind of on like a pretty, down swing or coming out of a um, kind of hard time and it like it it's not like it was like a wake-up call but it definitely was like um 
was like a, oh yeah, like this is, this exists. Um, and, and this sort of like rush of life that you feel when confronted with mortality, um, the rush of life that I felt when confronted with my mortality was really interesting. Um, which is such a nondescriptive word. It felt, um, I felt I felt a surge of different emotions. Um, I felt gratitude that, you know, I was alive and I felt sorrow for her boyfriend who woke up, you know, she died in the night. Um, like, I guess she'd gotten this shitty oxy from someone and it was laced with fentanyl and I don't really know, like, the whole story so much, but I know that that's what happened. And a friend of mine asked me um, about it. He said, "Did you do you feel, like, more sorry for her or for him? And it was an interesting question. Like, there's this feeling of sadness that like she won't get to like lead this life that she was setting up and you know she had like moved to a new city they'd moved to a new city together not very long ago and had these plans to do whatever and um and that sucks like thinking of that in relation to my own life where I feel like you know I'm I'm on this path and I feel really good and you know of course like um Sometimes that's the scariest way to feel is good because that's when it can all get taken away from you. Um, and also that's when you question, you know, do I deserve it? And, um, who do I think I am, you know, to, to be on this path? Um, and those are fleeting thoughts. I think for me, um, I think hopefully for many people, but, um, you know, they do still exist and, um, And then on the, on the contrary, it's like, like imagining waking up in the morning with your partner lying dead next to you. Like that just like, oh, is like the most horrible, painful thought. Um, but, but then another even more horrible, painful thought. Thing came to fruition which is that I learned that her parents aren't telling her family and they aren't going and getting her body right now because her sister has a wedding or something in a few weeks and the distraughtness of losing a child the pain of of having your child die, you know, before you do, ugh, is so much. And then on top of that, having to make this decision about, you know, whether you tell the family and ruin the fun of the good daughter or whatever, just like, just like really hurt to hear that. And when I talked to my own mom about it, who, I mean, my mom would never do something like that. Um, 
because my family is very, I think that they ride these lines between, um, joy and sorrow, um, pretty well. I was born, um, just like a month or a few weeks before my brother's biological father died of brain cancer. Um, and he died incredibly quickly. Like he, you know, not that quickly. They, they knew when I was born that he was going to die, but he died within like a few months. Um, and I, I sort of, um, like pinpoint that in my own mind as, as one of the reasons why I have this kind of, um, feeling of darkness and, and sadness and sorrow along with the joy and this joy of life and this like pleasure, um, that, that lives. So these two things live like really side by side in my brain and body. Um, and this friend of mine was, you know, complicated. She wasn't an easy person to, to be friends with or to have around. Um, she was very like, she could get really judgmental and she could get really jealous and, um, fearful and like, I mean, I know I'm not supposed to pathologize people. Um, so I won't, but I, <laughs> but I could, um, you know, throw in a pathology there too. Um, and we used to go for these like long drives together. Um, we would get in the car and just like drive out the gorge in Oregon from Portland, like, you know, just sort of hours out 84 through the gorge. And, um, <laughs> I remember doing this with her a couple of different times and she would, we would get in the car and she'd be like, I haven't drank for like a week. Like I'm, I'm, you know, sober now, like I'm not drinking. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, let's not drink. And then we'd drive for a little while and we get to Corbett, uh, which is this town along the way. And, uh, and there's this, like, I mean, Oregon doesn't have liquor store. They have like a lot of restrictions on liquor stores, but for some reason, this liquor store, like, was in the same, like, market, but it was just, like, behind glass, um, and they had this, like, incredible, like, smoked meat section, um, anybody who's, uh, driven that way and been in Corbett knows what I'm talking about, um, and so we'd stop for some, like, you know, smoked meat, and then we were, we'd be in the liquor store, and she'd be like, oh, let's just, like, let's just get like a little nip. Like, let's just get a little nip. And then we go over to get a little nip. And I was like, oh, well, like nips are so expensive. We could just get like a pint. But okay, let's just get a pint. And, you know, we'd end up drinking. And I mean, for sure, that's like hella enabling from both of us. Um, but yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there was like, I mean, as a, uh, young person, there was always this, like, um, like a teenager, you know, even earlier than that, it was like, you don't, like, you can do whatever drug you want growing up in Portland, right? I mean, all our parents smoked pot, and even though they didn't talk about it, like, we knew that they'd done acid in the 60s, you know, it was like, it was like sort of, 
um, common knowledge that drugs, that some drugs were okay and some drugs weren't okay. And I was like, you don't do meth and you don't do heroin, but everything else is fair game. Um, and, uh, you know, I had never smoked crack or anything until I met this person also. And there was this moment like in my friend group when everybody was just like, kind of, uh, we would hang out at this Chinese restaurant bar, um, in Portland and like score crack and like smoke fucking some crack. And I remember smoking crack with her for the first time. And yeah, I mean, just like two like white Jewish girls, like smoking crack and like a shitty, like sketchy fucking alley next to this like Chinese restaurant, you know, it's like, it's definitely like a vibe, like a pretty intense vibe. So, yeah, there's this tendency to want to speak well of the dead or, you know, um, see people in the best light. And I think for myself, like, my desire is to see people, like, in real light, to see people, like, as they are, you know, um, and I had this image of this friend of mine when I, I told this to another friend and he was like, oh, that's like her angel, like coming down. But her angel was like, I had this image of her angel, like, you know, looking at me as I was talking about like the emotions that I was going through, you know, out of her death. And, um, and I, and I had this image of her like looking down and being like, oh really? Like you're going to make this about you. Like you're going to make my death about you having feelings. Like fuck you. You didn't care. Like this kind of thing. And I mean, on the one hand, like, yeah, it's kind of intense and it's like a little bit fucked up to have that image. But on the other hand, like it makes me laugh. And like, this was so her was like, you know, just a, just like a raw, like human person. Um, and you know, I, I always really loved that about her and it made her completely intolerable to hang out with sometimes. So, you know, RIP, um, and just like, you know, may the next life be a little fucking easier for you, girl. Like, oof. But, you know, you live in my heart and, um, yeah, the, a couple of my friends were talking about, um, like going out and, you know, doing some of the stuff that she would have liked. And I was like, you know, you should go like take like shots of like cheap vodka and go talk to like sketchy people at sketchy bars and fucking try and score some crack and like smoke it out back. And I was like, you know, that was what she liked. Not always. And like, you know, I hadn't seen her for a long time and I know she was picking it back up and doing some other shit, but like, yeah, man, just like that chick. And the guy who, who died, this family friend was absolutely a fucking character. Um, and you know, that death is much less, uh, 
sad. It's, or I don't know if it's less sad. I guess it's sort of equally sad, but it doesn't feel untimely or, um, you know, surprising. Um, yeah. He was this loud, outspoken, just big character. Um, another, like, white Jewish person. And, um, he was a, uh, like, adverti in advertising, like, back in, like, the Mad Men days. Um, and uh, he uh, retired early and was a philanthropist for a long time. Um, and, like, really helped the art scene in Portland really become, um, you know, what it is, especially performing arts. Um, kind of like people loved him or hated him. And he was a really close friend of my dad's. And my dad's been telling me for many years that, um, he watched this friend of his aging that sort of from the time that my dad was maybe like, let's say like 50 or something, He'd been using this friend of his who was, uh, I guess, like 18 years older than him or 16 years older than him or something. And they'd been, you know, using his aging as like a, a, a way to track his own aging. Um, and kind of like looking at the life span and the phases of life through the lens of this other person. Um... And, you know, I haven't talked about it with him much with my dad, but I am curious to know, like, what, what he makes of it now, you know? Um, and yeah, I just, it's this funny thing that like, we're all going towards our inevitable deaths and the deaths of all the people that we love. And that's a beautiful thing. It makes life worth living. It gives us, you know, something to kind of care about and latch onto. And at the same time, it's terrifying in certain regards. And it's something you have to work with all your life. So yeah, I guess my take home right now is just like, I'm having this real feeling of like grabbing, grabbing life by the horns and, and that means the good and the bad, you know, I, um, I got an email from one of my, um, I would say like teachers, sort of like spiritual guides in some ways. Um, and she, the, the heading was something like, you know, it, it was astrological and it was like in this Gemini full moon, Mercury retrograde, whatever, whatever, like, um, embrace this ecstasy and depression or something like that. And, and that really spoke to like where I'm at. Like I have been feeling this enormous exaltation and ecstasy and this like really dark depression also. Um, 
and I think for me, like these, these moments usually oscillate over longer periods of time, but right now they're feeling much more stacked, like one on top of each other. Um, and, and there's a beauty in that, um, because it's not all or nothing. It is yes. And, um, and to hold these energies, you know, together in balance, like, um, in the, the movie Inside Out, this like Disney movie, there's, um, these, I don't remember, it's like six emotions or something and they're all individual and then everything changes, blah, 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 blah. But, um, at some point in the end of the movie, it's like, um, you know, she's moved from childhood into or adolescence into teenagerhood or whatever. And it's like the complexity of emotional states. Like it's not just happy or sad, you know, it's not just joy or pain. It's like, or anger. It's like, can it be all of these and it can be convoluted. Um, in one of the readings I did for my group psychotherapy class this week, um, it was talking about, uh, complexifying your, identity, your emotional palette. Um, and I like this idea. It's, it's not, yeah, one or the other. It's, it's this complex idea swirling around of who we are and why and how we do the things that we do. Um, and for myself, like, you know, making this sort of stance of accountability where it's like, I'm not going to be good or bad, all or nothing. Some days I'm going to feel like shit and some days I'm going to like really like let go of whatever myself, but like ultimately I'm striving for a feeling of wholeness, um, and a feeling of just like, yeah, complexity. Um, and so with that, I'm going to leave you sweeties Um, but I will talk to you soon.